In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 220th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, Team Raheem Gets a W. Well, credit AJC columnist Steve Hummer coming up with the Team Raheem theme. Uh, we're we're going to go through, uh, hear from Coach Raheem. Go over some stats from the game. A 40-23 to win over the Minnesota Vikings. The first win of the season. The first win of the post-Dan Quinn era with the Atlanta Falcons. We'll uh, go over some stats, some tackle stats. Then we'll go to some uh, uh, comments from Coach Dungy after the game on NBC. Time of possession. Player notes. Here from A.J. Terrell. And then uh, the the defense and offense's averages coming into the game and what they did in the game against the Minnesota Vikings. Came out, came out. Uh, then we'll take a little quick look ahead to the Detroit Lions who come to Atlanta to play the Falcons on Sunday. But let's go ahead and get Coach Raheem here ready. Uh, he challenged the players to, you know, he said he needed a little bit more from them and they needed to run and hit. And the offense need to score touchdowns. They scored on 8 of 12 possessions. One was a uh, kneel down. But uh, they got a couple touchdowns late when, uh, you know, Minnesota started thinking about trying to make a comeback. And they started thinking about, hey, we got to hold this lead. And you know what's happened here uh, in the past. But they held up down the stretch against the Vikings to get their first win of the season. We're going to go here to uh, Coach Raheem Morris. First question for you, with, with everything that happened this week, you know, with, with the, the change in leadership and missing practice Thursday, how was the defense able to play as well as it did in every phase of the game? You know, they did a nice job of going home on the Thursday we were off and really locking into the details and getting those guys going, man. And, like, you got to give the guys credit for taking their virtual work, putting it to play today, throughout the week, everything they did on the field. Started on Wednesday with a great practice, came back with a great virtual day, coming back to finish fast on Friday, and the guys really went out and played well, particularly on third down. It seemed like things were working in all phases of the game. Where has this team been? You know, I can't worry about where it's been. I just got to worry about where it's going. And uh, next week, we got to prepare ourselves like we did this week to prepare to go 1-0 and once again. What was the key to the three interceptions in the first half? You know, the guys really did a good job of, of, of dictating terms and showing disguise and coming out and really confusing them a little bit to get themselves in good position to make plays. A couple of great plays in there. AJ with that acrobatic catch. Um, Dion off the back to make a really good play right from the beginning, a good throw. Um, I just was proud to see those guys really come and play today, and it was awesome. How big was it for you guys to get Julio back today? You know, anytime you're talking about one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the game or ever, it's always good to have him. You know, uh, you know how much respect I have for Julio, how much fun I had coaching him. 
in the world now and just watching him go out there and play for his team, for his guys, for everybody involved. He's, 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 he's just great to be around. In what ways did you challenge players during the week to get this kind of performance? And specifically, you mentioned, you know, the, the run and hit players. Was there anything you did for them to kind of get this performance out of them? You know, I don't want to talk too soon, but, you know, we'll go back and watch the tape and we'll see if we got everything that we wanted out of it with the guys running, the guys hitting, the guys getting to the football and really causing problems. Um, we talked to the offensive guys about leading, and they absolutely did that at halftime. Um, they then led me. They got me going in the right direction to be aggressive and do some of the things that we want to do there. And it's, it's awesome when you ask you guys to stand up and they do it. Today I gave those guys the keys. They took it and they ran with it, and we were able to get a good win. I haven't really asked about the emotion yet. What, what was the locker room like? What was it like for you? And just what was it like to now see the one in the win column? You know, for me, I always leave the locker room to the guys. And they're having a the ball in there and they're doing what they do. Um, but the locker room is for the guys, man. And that, that, that is what it is. The running game, even if it wasn't as productive as maybe, you know, you would have liked, you guys stuck with it. Was that the key to setting up the passing attack? You know, it's just, it was efficient. You know, our passing attack sets up the passing attack. You know, our running games, it allowed us to dictate terms, what we were able to do towards the end. It allowed us to own time of possession and is able to get, you know, guys like Todd Gurley and get our guys really going and our run game going and being able to come off the ball aggressive. You know, even if it doesn't have the mass production of yardage, if it has the production of toughness and presents the things that we want to present, we love it. You talked about the interceptions. What kind of tone did the interception on the first snap of the game provide you guys? Huge, man. When you go out and get a ball right off the back, especially when you talk about it being your job, scoring and getting the ball back, and they went out and absolutely did that, that allowed us to score, playing great complimentary football is what you want to do. How important was the goal line stand for the defense at the start of the second quarter after Brian Hill's fumble? <laughs> you know, I don't know which one's more important, but I definitely know that felt really good, especially when you stop one to one get the ball back. You're able to punch out of there with your offense. You move down the field. You take up time possession, and you end the drive with points. And that's what that's that's called winning football. Uh, again, with everything that happened this week, is there anything you saw from Matt Ryan during the week of practice uh, that led you to believe he'd have this kind of game today? You know, it, I mean, I'd tell you a story if I told you it was different. The way Matt Ryan practices and the way he prepares is the same all the time. I got the utmost respect, um, the utmost of uh, 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 whatever you want to call it for the man, respect for the guy. He is unbelievable, and he'll always be that way. And like I, I'll never say this week of practice was better than any other one because of how he always prepares. How impressed were you with A.J. Terrell's performance today? Just fired him to see the young man get going. You know, he was brought here for a reason, and he's absolutely doing those things. He's able to go out there and cover wide outs and give sticky man coverage, and today touch the ball and get it. And that's what he's been showing us throughout camp and now in the season. Dante said on Friday that you were making the team feel uncomfortable in the week, pushing them harder in practice. Uh, did you see, you know, a, a spark from your veterans on both sides of the ball because of turning up the intensity in practice? And if so, what did that look like? I really did. And um, it, left, it helped me to realize that now that they know what being uncomfortable is like. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's time to turn it up every single week. You mentioned earlier in this press conference that the offensive guys got you going by being aggressive. What do you mean by that? You know, the guys are really fired up. You know, when they go out there and they try to get points, and sometimes you go away with three, and as a coach you can get complacent, and you can say that was a good drive. But these guys want to score touchdowns, and they turned this shift right back to me. It was coach to coach. It was player to player. And we came back out and went right aggressive again and got touchdowns, and that's what they want to do. 
how do you feel personally when you, you, you hear the guys talk about what you mean to them and see the players respond uh, to, to your leadership as they did today? You know, it's awesome to hear them talk about you, but I just know the guys and how they perform and how much they care about us. You know, it's not just me. It's the whole coaching staff. It's the organization. It's Mr. Blank. It's everything a part of it, man. These guys all perform for this city. Um, it's really a great part of who we are. It looked a little dirty today, man, like a little old-fashioned dirty bird. So I loved it, man. Okay, are, there, are there any examples of things you did this week, kind of going back to practice? Are there any examples of things you did to make them feel uncomfortable at practice? You know, uh, we, we picked up the intensity a little bit. You know, it was just something that we had to do. As a coaching staff, it wasn't just me. Um, again, it was all my guys, all of our guys, and, and, and we're going to try to do it again. So come out and watch. What is going to be the key to building from this towards the rest of the season? I think the key is to go home and enjoy tonight, go back, look at it, evaluate, make the corrections, come out and be ready to play and be ready to finish games better than we did today. You spoke on it a little earlier. How tough was it missing that Thursday of practice? Or maybe you talked about the virtual meetings. Did it provide at all, a, not a refresh, it's not a good thing, but kind of a diversion, switch things up? You know, these guys have been rolling with the punches all year. And what they did this week was roll with the punches, go through the Thursday, absolutely take advantage of the Thursday virtual day, come back ready to go, get to our walkthrough, extended walkthroughs, whatever they had to do to get ready. And they absolutely did it this week. I'm fired up for those guys. What did you see on that second Julio touchdown? A little bit of improvisation there. It looked like from Matt. <laughs> Matt Ryan is a scrambler, man. He's the guy. He's the new age. He's the new wave quarterback. He's no longer a pocket passer. Do you get? Do you get a game ball from this one? Man, I'm not letting it go. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the plan? What, and what does that mean to you to to have that here with you still? It's no, it's less about what it means to me. It's about what it means to us uh, to reinvigorate the team, the city. And everything about it, man. A little brotherhood, missing a little dirty bird, with a little collaboration of a win. Sounds good to me. There he is, Falcons uh, coach Raheem Morris. Upbeat, got him a game ball. Uh, talked about the dirty birds and uh, mixing it in a little bit with the um, with the dirty birds and the little brotherhood to get a W. So. Uh, tackling, uh, you know, stats, A.J. Terrell led the team with seven. Uh, I thought the big stat was the pass breakups because the Falcons haven't been, um, you know, close uh, on a lot of coverages. So to get seven pass breakups was uh, really good for him. Deion Jones had three, Terrell one, Isaiah Oliver one, Foyer Ulukan one. And Jacob Tuutu Mariner won. He also uh, had one in there. So um, let's go to this one comment from Coach Dungy, and then we'll get to some player stats here uh, coming out of the game. Get over here to Coach Dungy. Uh, after NBC, on NBC, on the football of Night in America, NBC analyst Tony Dungy on the Falcons, interim coach Raheem Morris, and the defense. Great job today by his group. The defense stepped up early and often. A lot of zone coverage. They read the quarterback and broke on the ball well all day long. Now, that's what they've been trying to do all season. We hadn't seen an all-day-long game, but they did do that, according to Pro Football Hall of Famer Coach Tony Dungy. 
So time of possession was key. Mentioned that. He referenced that in there. Uh, 40 minutes and 7 seconds to 19.53. Really big. Defense doesn't get tired. They can go out and run and hit like he wants to. Uh, offense protected the defense here. They didn't get much running. But that wasn't a point. It was to, you know, run with toughness and run with, uh, uh, you know, a purpose to get some time. And I'm sure when you go back and look at some of them runs, they're going to see some that could have broke. And then they're going to see some blocks that were missed. That was, I don't, I didn't like the blocking. They were getting beat up front too much. But uh, that's something that they can get better at. But that was a good Minnesota front. I mean, yeah, they didn't have. Everson Griffith and Linville Linville Joseph anymore, but still had a pretty good front uh, that the uh, Falcons had a tough time blocking. Let's go to some of the player notes here coming out of the game. A couple milestones here coming out of the game. Uh, You know, of course, Matt Ryan was 30 of 40 for 371, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He ended his 11-quarter drought. Without a touchdown pass, he didn't have one of the last two games uh, and then three quarters in the Chicago game. So that was the longest drought of his career and the first time since his rookie year that he only had uh, two games without a touchdown in week 13 and 14 of the rookie season when he was learning how to read pro defenses. So it was just the second time in franchise history a Falcon quarterback passed for at least 370 and four touchdowns and zero interceptions. He did it again in New Orleans, September the 23rd, 2018. Sunday marked Ryan's 20th career game with at least 300 yards and three touchdowns, the most in franchise history, tied uh, and also tied with Pro Football Hall of Famer Dan Fouts for the 13th most all-time. Of course, Julio Jones finished with eight catches for 137 yards and two touchdowns. He was um, the, all, doing all the little mix-it-up stuff because he was hyped about the Braves game. And, well, they didn't get it done in the last innings, nine up, nine down against Urias and no World Series this year. Sunday's game, Mark Jones is 57th with at least 100 receiving yards. Which was which is the most of active players and the fourth most in the NFL. Only uh, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison have more with 76, 64, and 59. So he'll catch Marvin with two more, and uh, then he's got a he'll have uh, five more to get to Moss, and then uh, <clears throat> he need a, a few more to get up there to 76 where Jerry Rice is. Calvin Ridley has 6 for 61 and a touchdown. It's a team leading five touchdowns in six games. And, uh, you know, he's on another stat here. What Falcons with the, let me find that one for you. The 22 touchdowns in the first three years. It's tied for the most with the uh, franchise history here. We'll, we'll get that for you later. All right, keep on moving. Hayden Hurst, 4 for 57. Touchdown, his third and sixth games. Allen Bailey had three tackles and a sack. We hadn't heard much from him this season. That was good to see. Of course, Deion had his 10th interception, Deion Jones, the most by a linebacker since Jones entered the league in 2016. Fourier Ulukan was second with tackles. He had six, and he was hit. He was doing the run and hit thing that they wanted. Uh, you felt his presence, and you saw it. 
a couple of them stops in the backfield on Madison as they held the the uh, Vikings to 32 yards rushing. AJ Terrell, of course, led the team in tackles and had his first interception. Keanu Neal, you saw him, you know, make some hits too today uh, or Sunday in the game, coming off the edge on that one sweep. I remember that one. Six tackles, a title career high with five solos and uh, with two tackles for loss. That was the tie of the career high. Of course, the kicker was on point, 4-4, 50, 21, 47, 43. Uh, Tynus career high, 16 points. It was the Coos' fifth game with at least four made field goals since joining the Falcons, the most in the NFL since the start of 2019. Uh, and, um, hey, I've been critical of Brandon Powell, but let's give it up here. I was starting to think, hey, I want to see Chris Rowland. You're getting absolutely nothing out of the return game. So, um, but Brandon Powell, maybe the coaching change or the, you know, uh, better blocking. But, hey, he got it done in the, uh, with two kickoffs for 47 yards, 23.5. I think you want to be over 20. Uh, three punt returns for 36. Uh, he, he, uh, he had a long kickoff return of 29. That's a career high. And a 24-yarder to push him out to the 45. In the second quarter, that was uh, that was a good one. When you can get, you know, 20 yards on a punt return, man, that's like two sets of first downs you don't have to worry about. And then you're starting at the 45, so you just, you know, on the fringe of field goal range there. So those are some of the player notes coming out of the game. We're going to go to uh, A.J. Terrell, and then um, we're going to look at the averages of what they did in this game. Uh, and what the average was coming into the game. But let's get to AJ. He wasn't very long. So I, I wanted y'all to hear all of Tony Dungy, but we're going to hear uh, AJ's not that long, so we can probably go through all of that too. We submit our questions into Microsoft Teams, and then uh, uh, Justin Felder asks all the questions uh, for Fox, for Coach Dungy on that channel. On uh, Channel 2, uh, Terrell, uh, he was on that channel, I think, and Allison from WSB uh, was our moderator for that channel. So we're going to go to AJ here and hear what he had to say. First career interception for AJ Terrell, and uh, here he is. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. First of all, so let's go straight out. How does it feel to, to finally be on the winning side of things and get your first win in the in your NFL career? Uh, it feels real good, you know, just uh, coming in, you know, ready today, just uh, you know, just out there to make plays and uh, just playing complimentary football. What for you guys? What was the locker room like after getting the first victory in 2021? Oh, you know, we had we just had fun in the locker room, of course. Um, we all know we need to get back to work, keep it going. But, uh, you know, of course we enjoyed our first victory. Did you see a change in how the veterans on the team kind of attacked this week in practice? Raheem Morris had said that the intensity had been turned up, and he also called on the leaders as well. Yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, leaving, um, losing Coach Dan Quinn, you know, was hard for the team. And, uh, you know, we just found juice and energy this past week. And, uh, you know, we came in with fire and uh, just, you know, practice well and, you know, translate it over to the game. Can you describe your point of view um, of your pick? Also, congrats on getting your first pick in the uh, NFL. What was that like for you and kind of describe, like, how you were able to hold on to it there? 
Yeah, so, you know, just trusting in the defense. Um, it was, you know, we was in a call where it put me in position to make a play. And uh, when I, you know, I went in for the catch and the ball didn't want to hit my hands right. So, you know, my legs was there and I just, you know, tried to, tried to uh, hold on to it before it hit the ground. And uh, it went my way. But, you know, the feeling is, all, is always great getting the forced turnover. So it was great. I know Coach Raheem Morris got a game ball. Were you able to get your first interception ball? Were you able to get that? Were you guys? Yeah, I got it on me right now. You got it also? Yeah, I got it. Where, where's it going to go? Who's going to give it to? I'm giving it to my son. That's give awesome. Son. Uh, also, we know that um, this week uh, Raheem Morris had kind of challenged you guys to be uncomfortable in practice. What were some of the things that he did differently in practice to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? Uh, you know, just stressing the importance of, you know, uh, getting to the ball and also just, you know, just making the plays when they're there. You know, just not not letting things go over our head and uh, just sit back and relax. Just keep the pressure on them and uh, just continue to win. The Vikings were 3 for 10 on third down. So what were you guys able to do um, differently this week on defense to kind of shut them down? Uh, just trusting each other, just, you know, everybody do their job, um, you know, and make the play. We did that most of the time, just making plays when they're there. All right, rookie cornerback A.J. Terrell. Uh, big interception there. Uh, jumped that route, made some plays, had a good tackle on third downs, did a great job for the rook. He's been a very bright spot on the defense. According to Jeff Albrook and a couple of the other coaches. So let's look at the average versus the game. The uh, Falcons, uh, they averaged 24.4 uh, game coming in. Uh, put up 40. Uh, averaged 390 yards a game, 12th in the league. Put up 462. Uh, rushed 414 a game, was held to 99. So that'll go down. Uh, they were throwing it for 276 a game. And that was eighth in the league, and they threw for 363. So the passing game worked. And uh, time possession was 29. They went for 40. So that'll move them up there. Uh, defensively, they were giving up 32 a game. And uh, I didn't like the two late touchdown drives because the Falcons had a good game together. They were held on the two, 215 yards with seven minutes to go in the game. Then they give up two quick drives, and it looks like a bad game again with 365 total yards. But that was under. I mean, they, they almost half their, their average of 446. If they could have came out and, you know, checked them late uh, instead of letting up a little bit. Uh, you know, they could have turned in an under 300 game and get these numbers respectable. Uh, the brushing will go down. They uh, were giving up 110.2 and only held them to 32. And then uh, them late passes, that just oh, that messed the whole thing up. They had 335.8, which was last in the league, and they didn't improve on it because they gave up 333 at the end but the three picks certainly helped that got your turnovers up uh you were plus one with 13 tied for 13 so those are um the pass defense late after 707 and go they gave up the two touchdown passes that was bad they had a 40 to um 
you know, seven thing going, and then it looks bad with the, the two touchdowns, 40-23. But, I mean, they won the game, so it wasn't ever in doubt. Now, hey, let's look ahead to the Detroit Football Lions. They're two and three. We'll be coming into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a 1 p.m. kickoff. That means Matthew Stafford, uh, the quarterback, Matt Patricia, head coach, Adrian Peterson, the all-time great running back. He's mentoring little DeAndre Swift in the running back room. Uh, and they got Carrion Johnson. So they got a little running game. Uh, Desmond Trufant has been hurt a lot. I don't think he played last week. So I don't know I don't know if he's going to get well enough to come and play uh, here against the Falcons. But Detroit is 2-3. and three. They lost to Chicago 27-23. Uh, lost at Green Bay 42-21. Big win here. You know, um, we all we'll know how big as the season goes. But they beat Arizona 26-23. And lost to the Saints 35-29 at home. And then they beat Jacksonville 34-16. So they got a little momentum. L L W L W won two of the last three uh, and will be coming into the Mercedes Benz Superdome Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, that's another place. Uh to play the Falcons, the one and five Falcons who go up to Minnesota, you know, side up perhaps the second biggest win in franchise history to send them to the Super Bowl in nineteen ninety-eight season. And then I guess the biggest one is the big win against Green Bay here at home uh, to send them back to the Super Bowl years later. So, you know, one or two, however you want to rank those. I know I think the first one was more exciting and thrilling, an overtime kick by Morton Anderson. And then the one here was just a, uh, you know, beat down other Packers who they owed a beat down to. So two of the best wins, uh, Minnesota. And uh, NFC North, Green Bay are both involved in those. So just to wrap it up here today, we talked about Team Raheem gets a W. Uh, we heard from Coach Raheem play his full interview from last night. Uh, thanks to Justin and uh, Allison for moderating and taking our questions and ans asking them for the media pool as the pool reporter. Pass breakups, Tony Dungy, time possession, player notes, then we heard from rookie A.J. Terrell, and then the average versus the game, how they fared against the Vikings, and then uh, look ahead to Detroit. With that, we're going to get out of here and go vote today. So, hope you're doing that also. Going to get this taken care of. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter, the 220th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.